Welcome back and happy Thursday. Today I'm joined by Marcus Harris, Vice President of Sales at Arnold Insurance. In this episode, we dive into all things insurance industry, what legacy means within a family business, and how to separate yourself in a busy marketplace. Welcome to the Ever Upward Podcast, where the extraordinary is the norm and the uncommon path is our guide. I'm your host, Jared Arnold, and in each episode, I speak with experts in business, investing, and health, exploring common ideas tailored for the uncommon individual. Here we believe that the ordinary is for everyone, but the extraordinary is for those who dare to embrace it. Join us as we unravel insights, share stories, and unlock the secrets that propel us ever upward in the pursuit of a life well lived. This is the Ever Upward Podcast. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us today, man. It's great to see you. Absolutely. You too, brother. Glad to be here. For those of you um, that don't know, which is probably most of you, uh, Marcus and I are cousins, uh, have known each other since probably three, four, five years old. Uh, yeah. Every once in a while, we'll come across uh, some pictures growing up with uh, cowboy hats on, and now he's he's living out west in, in Denver. So, uh, you know, makes sense here. And I'm living in Nashville, so uh, yeah. somehow we found our way to cowboy countries that's right yeah i don't know uh i, I think we were better looking when we were we were five. i don't know that's uh or at least there's, i was for sure yeah there's no there's no thinking about it 100 percent. we were better looking uh at that time uh but it's yeah. always fun to look at those photos and reminisce and here we are today um you know doing a podcast who would have thought yeah it's awesome man i love that you're doing this this is this is really cool yeah, well, uh, why don't you give a little bit of background about you uh, and how you ended up in the insurance world? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as you know, obviously, uh, our, our grandpa um, started this thing. Uh, we'll, we'll be turning fifty three as a company this summer, uh, so started in seventy one. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm third generation at um, at our family insurance agency called Arnold Insurance. Uh, his name is Chap Arnold. So. Uh, comes from comes from grandpa, uh, and yeah, I never wanted to get into the family business. Not um, not our family's awesome, so it wasn't because of that. It was just um, I didn't want to be an in insurance, which is not probably. Uh, I, I think I'm in the majority of the population that can say amen to like why that was a smart choice at the time. Uh, it just yeah, it was too it was boring. It was like who wants to do that? And then uh, yeah, I didn't want to move back home and that wasn't any, I grew up in a great area. I just, you know, I always envisioned getting married and moving off somewhere else. And at the time our family business had no, um, growth trajectory outside of our kind of home footprint there in Southeast Missouri. And so, yeah, it just didn't really seem like anything I would do. So, um, went off and started my own business, uh, out of college. I was a college dropout or I am a college dropout, I guess I, that doesn't change, but uh, dropped out of college and didn't really know what I wanted to do. I got into marketing, went and worked for a couple other firms and, and then started my own uh, out of, this was the best and worst thing I could have done. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, so I just, I took out a loan and, and thought, okay, let's see how this goes. And so um, so started a marketing company, realized running a small business is extremely hard, uh, had no idea what I was doing, which made it even harder. And, um, yeah, so I did that for about seven years and then dissolved the company and came to my senses and was like, you know what, joining the family business actually sounds really great. Uh, <laughs> from a, from an opportunity standpoint, it gave me some perspective, I think for sure, going out and doing my own thing for a while. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was great, but the, the company had grown to the point where 
we could open an office here in Denver. So that was really kind of the tipping point for me of like, okay, now I'm in. Uh, my wife, Ashley, grew up here in, in uh, the Denver area in Lakewood. And so it was always her kind of dream and my dream to get her back home. And uh, so it all kind of came together. And here we are in Denver five years later, uh, working in the insurance business, helping helping carry on the legacy, I guess. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I think looking back to when we were in high school and, and college, we probably had different paths, right? Um, a separate family business. I kind of was trajectorying that direction for a right. long time, went to college, got away, um, still had a plan because it was always what, you know, grandpa said and told us, you know, you've got to go work for someone else for five years and, you know, see how the rest of the world is. And then you can go back. And I did that. And then I ended up not going back and you did it as well. And yet you went back. So it's just kind of funny thinking about, um, you know, the trajectory of both of our lives and how we've ended up here. And uh, man, that's awesome to hear. You did touch on legacy. So I want to, I want to hit on that for a minute, because that was important to grandpa. And I'm sure it's important to your parents and, and, and Angie as well. Um, and it's important in most businesses. So what does legacy mean to you within the concept of a family business and how do you uh, manage the expectation or um, the idea of that while also evolving as a business? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's one that we are constantly, you know, measuring ourselves against, or are we doing those things well, right? Are we still um, growing the way we want to grow and not, you know, getting stuck in our ways, which I think a lot of businesses, uh, you know, realize they're doing. Uh, but are we, you know, are we doing that the way we should? And are we honoring kind of how we got here? Right. And, you know, lucky for me being third generation, the two generations before me have made it really easy to be a part of something I want to follow. I, I want to carry on the legacy. It's it's something I admire about my, my parents. And uh, you mentioned Angie, my aunt um, and, and grandpa and grandma. Um, yeah, what they, the, the road that they paved before me is a one that I'm, I'm happy to continue as far as just the principles that they built the business on. It was, um, community focused. It was people focused internally. You know, something we say a lot is, um, healthy people do healthy work that create healthy clients. And, you know, I think grandpa built the foundation of this thing. And then my parents and Angie really kind of built on top of that with the same mindset of if we just make sure that we're building this thing with great people and that people that feel taken care of, people that feel like they have a future here, that we're in their corner, um, good things just happen. And so um, I think it's easy to want to stick to those principles because they work. I mean, and, and it's, and it's something that I think gives you a little bit more fulfillment than just, you know, again, insurance isn't the, the sexiest career in the world. Um, it's a great career. I mean, and there's a, there's phenomenal, you know, financial upside to being in the world of insurance for sure, but uh, it doesn't check the purpose box, I guess, all the time. And so I think what grandpa did initially in the legacy that I hope to carry on is that it's just about more than insurance. It's about people. Um, and really about the people in, we're about 95 people now uh, as an agency. It's really about those 95 people. And then the people we get to serve and how we do that is just, I think, a, a healthy byproduct of, of, you know, building a healthy agency full of 95 families, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit on two really important topics within that um, kind of hierarchy there and the principles, right? That's something we grew up listening about. Mm -hmm. um, often, uh, from grandpa, from, you know, parents and whatnot. 
and then, you know, healthy people. Um, and I've had a couple of recordings now, still a new podcast, but, um, you know, a couple of podcasts under my belt, a good majority of them have been, uh, business owners within the health field. And, you know, I follow, obviously follow you, uh, on social media and whatnot. How important is taking care of yourself? Um, you know, getting out there running long distances up, mountains is, is what I see from, from you. Uh, so t- kudos to you. That's, that's not my route, but kudos to you. You know, how important is that, you know, within your life, but then also within the company, right? I mean, not, maybe not pushing them to go that same route, but making sure that they're taking care of themselves and taking care of their families and, and being that resource along the way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's huge. And, and I, it's certainly something I'm guilty of not always keeping in the right perspective. And I'm sure many busy people would say that, you know, we're all busy and, you know, the, you get glued to your desk or your computer or the phone or whatever. And that's really easy to do. I think what I found though, is you can't give what you don't have. So if you're in a leadership position, um, man, if you're not healthy, if you're at your wits end, if you're overwhelmed, if you're busy, uh, I know very well that you just won't be able to lead. Well, you're, you're, you're running on fumes, right. And, and, good leadership doesn't happen on fumes. That's for sure. Uh, and so I think, um, that's a lot of the motivation to keep that balance is like, Hey, people are going to depend on, I'm going to be called today on Friday, the 26th to, um, to make some tough decisions, to encourage some people to, you know, to lead, to be in a position of leadership. I have to make sure I'm mentally, physically, emotionally prepared to do so. And for me running uh, up a mountain or, or lifting some weights or whatever, um, helps me do that a little bit. It just helps me kind of, that's, that's my me time a little bit. Like I, I like running because it kind of clears, you know, my head. That's my, that's my quiet time uh, to uh, kind of self-assess or to dream a little bit or whatever's needed. I don't know. Uh, this morning, like in preparation for this, I ran uh, because uh, yeah, I just, I, I want to be clear minded. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel um, like, uh, you know, I'm on my front foot heading into something awesome, like a podcast with you, you know? So I think that's a big part of it. And, and also the standard, you know, you want help. Like we talk about healthy people. It's not just like work healthy. It's also like you, you really want healthy people in your, in your company, in your agency, in your business. Um, and so again, if I'm going to ask somebody to, to keep that perspective, um, I have to also be walking that out myself, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think kind of pivoting a little bit here, maybe not a direction that I thought we would take this conversation, but we were talking about a little bit before we hit record. So I think it's just natural here and it's not going to be everybody's thing. Um, but you and and your dad both are, uh, heavily involved in men's discipleship. Um, what are, some of the principles. So staying within, you know, the same realm here, what are the same principles that come through within that part of your world that then correlate to the business world as well? Yeah. So again, for me, um, following two men, that faith was not like a part of their life. It, it, it was, uh, woven into every part of their life. Um, in, in my grandpa and my dad, I, that's who I've, seen model this well in the business world. And I think it came from the the two fit hand in hand because um, loving people is what Jesus did in the Bible, right? So like the Christian example is simply like servanthood. That's, that's really all it is. It's like giving your life away to people that need it, right? Whatever that looks like, resources, um, time, 
blood, sweat, tears, who knows? Like, and, um, and so I think the reason it's a huge passion of dads and I hope something that I am always passionate about, um, is because yeah, the, the same thing we're just talking about with healthy people, healthy clients, healthy agencies, like, um, I think our faith naturally feeds into the, is aligned with that desire and vice versa. Right. Like, and so, yeah, we, we're, we don't shy away from, we have prayer calls in our agency that, you know, again, we don't force anybody to be on, but we make it available because we want healthy people. And, and spiritually um, that's very much the case. You know, we want you to be spiritually healthy. And, um, and also I just think, yeah, it's right. I had a guy that works for me down in Phoenix and he, uh, we were talking about like what our goals were and, and the conversation was really like sales goals. We were talking about numbers and he's like, yeah, one of my goals is just to get spiritually like where I want to be this year as a dad and as a husband. And dude, I mean, I almost like stood up on the zoom call and just, you know, stop the thing because I was like, dude, that's, that's what this is about. Like the fact that he can come into a sales meeting and feel comfortable that he's around people that, you know, are aligned in his real life not just his you know job is uh that's that's cool that's special that's something i want to be a part of for sure yeah absolutely it's something i've always admired um you know being within the family but on the outside looking in from a business perspective something i've always admired uh you know watching you guys and no matter you know what your beliefs are right um you know i think it's important to to try to correlate those two and have something that you can believe in and uh, really enjoy because you're in the insurance world. I came from the accounting world. You know, the work isn't always glamorous, but if you're serving people and you're doing things for the right reason, then, you know, you go home at night and even if it's preparing tax returns or reading insurance documents, you know, like you feel fulfilled. Right. And, and that gets overlooked. I think a lot when, you get into the grind and the day-to-day and the nitty-gritty of just waking up and doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, man. And I think those industries, like, and again, there's plenty more, like, um, what an opportunity. That's part of, I think, what I definitely didn't, I didn't have that, like, selfless mentality joining in. Trust me, 100%. It was very selfish at the time. I was like, well, this is a great opportunity, great for my family, great for my future, awesome. But what I've learned is man what an opportunity to be in an industry that people aren't super stoked about like whether they're even working in it uh, much less if they're you know a customer of it what an opportunity to change the you know tone right like to be when they when somebody talks to their insurance guy to be like you know for that not to be a bad thing for it to be somebody that they actually feel um you know i don't know excited to have coffee with or something i don't know like i, I think that's i think that's something we can do in these mundane or or maybe uh industries that are looked on the, upon that way like there's an opportunity to stick out even more than fun industries you know like in marketing yeah kind of really cool creative awesome people uh in insurance unfortunately that's i don't think that's the case so it's a, a opportunity to shine a little differently i think this podcast is brought to you by excelsior capital a private equity firm that provides individuals access to highly vetted commercial real estate investments To learn more about Excelsior, head to ExcelsiorGP.com. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-G-P.com. Yeah, I hear you. Um, Well, those are the easy questions. So let's like dive into the more difficult and something that impacts my world every day uh, and something that we're talking about much more frequently than we were a couple of years ago. And that's the world that you operate in, insurance. 
what is going on in the insurance market? Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you talk to someone about the residential policy, the commercial policy. What are you guys seeing? What what's evolved over the last you know two or three years? Probably been going on for longer, but it it seems yeah. to kind of be sh- taking shape over the last two or three years. Yeah. So some of it, right? I mean, it's kind of a perfect storm. Not to use a, a cliche there, but like, um, so no, that was on purpose. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wrote to cross that one off my list to use. Um, no, the <laughs> Uh, I think part of it is, you know, you, nothing, there's no free lunch, right? So like insurance companies are, um, when they lose money or when they pay out claims, which they have done a lot of the, the statistic I saw was, and again, it's probably even more once the dust has settled, but it was over $20 billion got paid out in 2022, um, and in the industry in, in America. Uh, and so, I mean, when you think about how much money that is, I mean, that's a ton of money um, that affects everybody there. We're not going to see companies give out that much money uh, per their contracts and not require some of it back. So, so the reason you're seeing premiums go through the roof or underwriting, get a lot more strict or uh, you know, risks. I, I just had conversations yesterday where something I wouldn't have had any trouble insuring a year ago is now almost impossible because the carriers that were interested are no longer interested. They're only interested in things that are safe, placing safe bets. And that's all insurance is, right? Is it's a, it's a wagering game. Uh, but if they start losing, uh, they're going to stop, they're going to stop losing. So, so they're going to, um, so they're going to get their money back. And so I think that's where um, we're seeing a big premium hike is just be, you know, that alone loss ratios is going to drive that. Um, two is I think you're seeing with the advancement of technology, with marketing being uh, more, it's reaching more people than it ever has, right? On on these little things that we all walk around with every day, um, that uh, they have more market share, right? There's more people in the game, and so I think part of that is you have companies that have over leveraged themselves. They've they've sold everything, right? Like they they um, they've said yes to everybody, and so naturally that positions you that if things aren't you know you're you're again you're kind of all in if you think of the poker table. Um, and if it doesn't go well, then you're all out. Right. And so, um, and, and I think that's what we've experienced a lot with business owners and, and, um, and families is seeing that the market's just shifted because there's less players in the game. Uh, and so, um, those people that are in it are going to charge you to stay in it, if that makes sense. And so, um, yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, we're seeing that some of the things that we're seeing is, you know, obviously big rate increases. We're seeing 40, 50, maybe even more percent increases on a year to year basis. Um, we're seeing deductible changes. So what they're asking your skin in the game to be now on those insurance contracts is, you know, where it may have been a flat rate before now it's a percentage of, of the uh, you know, the structure cost um, it, I mean, um, we're seeing different coverage limits being provided. I mean, they're, yeah, they're just changing the contracts to be safer for them. And that's, I mean, again, I, they're not wrong for doing that. They, they want they want to stay profit. Just we're on the other side of it, unfortunately. So that's uh, yeah. an interesting time. Yeah. I mean, we're obviously all in uh, the business world to make money. Um, mm-hmm. And w- what I'm hearing is there's been a disconnect in the risk benefit for the insurance companies that maybe is starting to catch up. Um, right. So is that kind of, would you agree with that? Okay. So then, that's kind of state of the market today. What do you yeah. see as the market over the next five years? Do you expect, you know, these 20% plus increases to continue? 
Um, you know, does that start to slow down at some point? Is there ever a correction? What are kind of whatever your expectations yeah. looking five years out? Yeah, just like anything. I mean, uh, the, the the best and the kind of hardest thing about insurance is that it's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, we're all still going to need to insure things uh, five years from yeah. now. So, um, you know, the advice we're giving is hold on, you know, like don't go in, you know, you don't really have a choice, I guess. But, uh, you know, we're, like, I think there is going to be a correction because just like anything else, um, as people shift out of the market and get less aggressive, somebody's going to see that as an opportunity, right? And, and so, yeah, I think you're going to have um, different insurers come in and see opportunity to, you know, give you 20% savings to, to bring you over to their side. Um, that's naturally, I think, always going to happen. So I, I would anticipate that. Um, what I do think we need to all be prepared for is the fact that um, the bar is probably getting set a little bit higher. So, uh, you know, like what we're increasing or decreasing 20% from is probably going to be a new norm a little bit. And that's always been the case, right? Like we don't realize it, yeah. but yeah, once upon a time, paying what we pay for car insurance now was insane. And we just don't realize it because it's happened over a decade, right? Or, or more. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's what we'll see. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I think the tech side of it's really interesting. I think you're going to see, um, some new players in the game too. I think, you know, that's something we talk about being prepared for a lot is I think there's going to be, um, a new relationship with insurance from the consumer standpoint of, because AI is going to play a pretty big part of, of how underwriting works, how the customer experience happens. Um, and so I get those, all those things ideally make a company more profitable, more efficient. Uh, and therefore they can probably afford to give you a lesser premium in theory. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, that's, that's thoughts I, who knows? I can't, I wish I could, you know, promise everybody everything. And I'd probably have a lot more clients if I could do that, but I don't, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, that's what I'm hopeful for, I guess is what I'll say. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's a great kind of segue because I was kind of leaning that direction anyway, because it's impacted us, um, in a pretty large way on the commercial real estate, real estate side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we went, when I, when I joined the company, Excelsior Capital in 2019, uh, there wasn't a ton of tech being used and we started uh, putting it to work more often and in different ways to serve our investors and to search for properties and kind of right. across the board. And we're seeing it, we're seeing it evolve so much faster. Hmm. So what have you guys seen on the insurance side, on the tech side of things and how quickly is it evolving? How are you keeping up with it? Um, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So there's a few different parts, right? Like, so from an agency management standpoint, I think we are really excited. Um, it's again, insurance is a very old school industry. So like, um, you know, some of the technology advancements we've even made within our agency, other people probably laugh at, they're like, you were doing what before? Uh, you know, and so, uh, I think we're, we're definitely seeing a lot more, um, vendors come across our, our email across our desk that are really intriguing. It's not like, okay, well, this is actually something that would change completely change, you know, this system or process for us internally, or this would, you know, not replace a, a, a need for an employee to do something, but add to it. Right. I can basically expand the bandwidth of my team by, you know, us utilizing this software or, or this AI component within a software feature. And so, um, you know, 
I, that's, that's a, that's a big opportunity for us internally. The other, the other side of it is the customer experience, I think is going to be massively different. Um, and so I think that, uh, that I'm really excited about. It's also a little scary because I'm a person that works in the, <laughs> I don't want it to cut us out of it. I don't think it will, but, uh, yeah, there isn't, there is a real, like, are we threatened by that? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, naturally, yeah. if, if a consumer can say, can I get something similar without Marcus being in there? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough hurdle. I think we're all going to have to face. Um, and that's not just our industry. That's a ton of industries that the consumer has decided, Hey, I'm going to take the risk of not having an advisor in the equation. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it myself on my couch at 10 o'clock at night, you know? And, and again, I'll, I'll raise my hand as one of the people that kind of enjoy the opportunity to do that. I, I'll learn it myself and give it my best shot sometimes. Um, but I think the, the reason that's going to be a huge player for us is data is everything. I think, uh, in, in insurance, it's a very data driven business. Um, and so, um, uh, that's only going to help technology make decisions uh, and, uh, provide assistance to the co consumer. And I, I think to me, I mean, uh, there's software that we've unloaded already this year, um, in first quarter that we're training on. Um, it's just us basically utilizing industry data a lot better. And so, I think that's where it's going to come from is I think um, insurance companies are going to make different decisions because they're going to be able to. There's going to be a lot of uh, utilizing that data that happens for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's hard to do, you know, a coffee meeting or go on LinkedIn or Twitter uh, and spend any, you know, short amount of time on there and you're going to see AI mentioned. Uh, I think it's on a lot of people's minds. Technology is changing. It's changing faster. Uh, and we're all kind of, you know, sitting back in a little bit of fear. Maybe more people are being, some people are being more proactive than others, but I think there's this general sense of fear that, okay, what is my job still going to be here five years from now? Right. And at least personally, what I keep coming back to is the beginning of our conversation is that people are searching for some sort of human connection, right? Sure. They're looking yeah. for, um, you know, technology can give us a ton of data, uh, it can, it, it can be incredibly beneficial, but at the end of the day, I want to look Marcus in the yeah. eyes and say, Hey, am I protected here? Like, what is your professional opinion on, you know, my house that is the largest investment that I have? Like right. if something happens, am I okay? And, yeah. you know, that's kind of what I keep coming back to. I think some industries will be impacted more than others, sure. but you know, the accounting industry, the insurance industry, industry, um, people need that, that connection, um, yeah. and to hear that it's going to be okay. Uh, so that's what kind of what I keep falling back on. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, I totally agree. I think, uh, actually on one of those long runs, you mentioned, uh, the guy that I tend to do those with, um, we talk about like everything under the sun. And I think, uh, because we just have nothing else to do for, yeah, what are you, you going to do for four hours? Yeah, you're like, hey, let's talk about everything we can think of and, and uh, hash it out. But one of the things we were talking about was, um, yeah, I think technology has, we've been so excited, right? Like, I mean, the fact that we have a supercomputer in our pocket at all times, like it's incredible, right? And like the best camera we would have ever owned is all in one place, right? I mean, it's it's that thing is an insane, right? The, the computer I'm on talking to you, I mean, the fact that we're doing this podcast, amazing. Um, social media, amazing. Like the connection that we have with, through all those things is incredible. 
Um, but I think we've we've gotten so excited and so engulfed in it that people now are realizing like, oh, there's a downside to this. Like there's being so dependent on this. Um, I, think about the fact that you could literally never leave your apartment and functionally do everything you needed to do. Like if you if you're somebody that lives in your house and an apartment works there, you can have groceries delivered there. You can watch your favorite entertainment there. Yeah, I mean. There's literally nothing you need to leave for. Somebody will bring you everything because you ordered it on a, on a phone. And um, I think people are realizing, like, wait a second, that's not that's not good for me. Like that's not, that's not. I don't want to live a life where you know um, everything happens through a phone. I, yeah, I want to still have a, a, a coffee with somebody. I want to ha- go grab a drink. I want to have a great meal. I mean, when I was in Nashville last time, you can't. Is it great that we can stay connected through technology? Absolutely. But it's not better than sitting down and having barbecue in Nashville on a sunny day outside. That was, that's, you know, that you can't manufacture that on, on social media. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. We could get, I mean, we could go down a complete rabbit hole of, you know, how society will kind of rebel against technology, I think, to some degree, um, yeah. you know, especially in their personal lives, right? We've been so connected and, and everything's been, um, so much out there of our personal lives, you know, I think there will be certainly a, a constituency of, of people that maybe kind of rebel against it and you see more, um, you know, disconnection, um, you know, but I think from the business world, you know, that we just got to continue to search for ways that it just makes our job easier yeah. so that we can spend more time and, and get the, you know, possibility of focusing on that work-life balance that we were talking about earlier, um, you know, because they didn't have that right a hundred years ago or whatever. And we've kind of, we've kind of evolved. Right. And, and that's what it's all about is, Hey, how can it make my job easier? Or, you know, the 95 people that work for me, how can it make their job easier? Um, and hopefully it's less, you know, you see, a you know, less jobs because of it. Um, but switching gears a little bit here, uh, you know, insurance, as you kind of alluded to earlier, is super democratized, right? Um, you know, no matter who you are, you know, what your role is, you probably know a couple of insurance agents that roll around within your circle. Yeah. So you're VP of sales, right? That's that's your title. Right. Um, how do you how do you, you know, distinguish yourself from everyone else, you know, outside of uh, just focusing on the people, right? Because there's a lot of people that a lot of folks that go out there and say, you know, we care, we focus, you know, all these things. Like, how do you go out there and continuously provide value uh, in a in a world that can, you know, seem so busy? Yeah, so I think this is this is a, a great question we always go back to, right? Like, hey, we're not the first people to be like, we provide great service and low prices, you know, like that's everybody's on everybody's billboard. So like, we're not original in that. Um, the I think it's the mundane moments of, um, of service, I think are like really important, like quick answers, um, quick advice, uh, quick change, you know, whatever. I had a guy, you know, the reach out yesterday, he's buying a new car. The expectation from a consumer in 2024 is I don't have to wait long to get the answers I want or to make the things happen. I want to, because like I just said, I mean, I can, Heck, I can order a new car and have it brought to my office probably by tomorrow. Like, you know, like it, that's the world we live in. So like the fact that I need yeah. to, you know, I have a question about my policy and you need to get back to me tomorrow is unacceptable. Right. So so there is um, I think if if there's one thing that we hear in the marketplace that people aren't happy with a lot, that honestly gives us opportunities um, 
it, it would be communication. Like it's really that simple most of the time. Uh, and I know for me where I have dropped the ball, if I like it somewhere goes back to just communication. Like if I look at client relationships that didn't go the way I wanted to, I, I just, my message timing or delivery wasn't where it was supposed to be in, you know, in at some point. Um, and so I think we are huge communication people. That's what we like everything, every meeting we have, it's kind of, it really is just communication packaged, probably a little different. Like every, that's what we're always focusing on communication internally, communication with clients, communication with our carrier partners. Um, and so I think that's how we separate ourselves, which I know is like a super broad answer. Uh, but that really is where the bar is set. I think most people are like, hey, I asked for an answer or I asked for advice and I don't feel like I got it or I don't, I didn't like how I got it or I didn't like when I got it or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, how many people that are listening to this would say, uh, I, yeah, I, I never talked to my insurance guy. Well, that's crazy, right? Like, because to your point, that you, that insurance guy is is a part of your biggest investment. Like he's he's protecting your home, your house, your auto, your your business, whatever it may be. Um, and yeah, you need to have a relationship with him. But most people would like that. They just feel like I'm, I'm, I never talk to the guy. I never hear from him. I'm never going to get a hold of him. I just deal with his assistant. I don't actually know who he is. You know, whatever. Um, so that's that's our focus on it. And again, I know that that's not like some big cool initiative that's just more like hey when somebody calls you call them back you know <laughs> that's it's yeah, that's be there um yeah, yeah. I, you know i'd like to out, even outside of the podcast i i love to look for similarities um in anything that's successful right you you want to be successful in your personal life or in the gym or whatever it is you know find people that are doing it and look for the similarities each one of them is going to have their own kind of perspective or things that they do that are a little bit more niche um, you know, but there are similarities across success. And yeah. from our perspective, we're in a different world than you, um, right. on the industry side, but it's the same thing in that anytime from an investor side or, um, from any of our third parties where it didn't go the way that we wanted to yeah. every single time we can go back to communication. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that things aren't going to go wrong. Right. Things happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's it's about how you communicate that, how you show up, how you're there. Uh, and so I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought that up. And I think that's kind of a perfect spot to, to end the conversation today um, yeah. and to just kind of drive home. Um, but, man, thank you for coming on today. Um, it's always a pleasure to catch up either, you know, when you come to Nashville or I'm doing my bachelor party, not too far away from you here shortly. Right. So hopefully we get to catch up in, in the mountains. Yeah. Um, yeah. and man, I just really appreciate, you know, everything you do for me and we don't get the chance to work together on the, on the work side of things just because of, uh, you know, the name of the agency and, and at least an appearance of conflict of interest, but I always, uh, always use Marcus and Arnold insurance team for my personal stuff. And, Highly recommend yeah. checking them out. Marcus, thank you. How can people find you if they want to get in touch? Yeah, thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, Arnold Insurance, we're, we're in 10 different cities across the, the country. Uh, so if you, want to, if you want to see if we're close, even if we're not, we can still probably help you. MyArnoldTeam.com is our website. Uh, My Arnold Team, we're on all socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Um, LinkedIn, you can find us. Uh, if you just search Arnold Insurance, you'll see uh, this little... Uh, 
a logo and that'll be us. Uh, you'll probably see me talking about something on there too. So, uh, yeah, man, thank you for having me on and, and man, I'm excited to see where this podcast goes. It's a, it's an awesome thing you're doing. I appreciate it, man. Thank you.